Welcome to Miranda Warnings Roundtable, discussing legal issues and current events. I'm joined on the roundtable by Liz Benjamin and Professor Vin Bonventry. Liz is the Managing Director at Marathon Strategies, a public relations and communications firm, and former host of Capital Tonight, a political and policy show focusing on New York State politics. And Professor Vin Bonventry, Distinguished Professor of Law at Albany Law School and publisher of the New York Court Watcher, devoted to commenting on the U.S. Supreme Court and the New York State Court of Appeals. Today on Miranda Warnings Roundtable, we take a look at the SCOTUS Spring 2022 term with cases dealing with abortion rights, the right to carry a concealed weapon, and religion. They prominently led a most consequential SCOTUS term. Welcome, Liz and Vin. Good to be here. We're all in person, actually. It's too bad no one can see this. It is great to have <laughs> you both. Don't you think both. we should be live streaming it? That would it be so cool. It's great to have you both live. <laughs> this awesome. SCOTUS term, I want you to give me one word or phrase to describe this term. <laughs> you amended it. You are very. That's very kind of you. Word or phrase, right? Right. It could I be said more. Uh, when we had a we had like a little pre-discussion about this because because we prepare for for this podcast. It's appropriate, and I said I think I said historically crazy. <laughs> historically crazy, which is true. It was definitely historic and also off the wall. What do you mean off the wall? That's if you happen to disagree with them. No, I don't disagree. I think that it was really significant. I mean, from a precedent standpoint alone, just merely on the abortion decision, that was significantly a, a real well, you think it's overturning. Because you don't agree with what they did. No, that's not true. I'm saying from a fundamental, I'm not even a lawyer. Just to be clear, I might be the only person here who's not a lawyer. Even if you, setting aside the ideological question of abortion and the right to abortion, and which is not enshrined in the Constitution, P.S., it has more to do about privacy. We can talk about that later, but, or has only to do about privacy. But uh, because uh, I don't think that the founders had any intention of enshrining the right to abortion in the Constitution. It really was a, a significant, from a fundamental standpoint of legal precedent, a departure. That, just a departure. Well, there's no question about that. Okay, that's not historic well, in and of itself. Yeah, but it's not off the wall. And so how would you describe this term? I would, um, the term I've been using is roaring backlash. Finally, you've got this six conservative majority and they are now being able to overturn much of what the court began to do in 1954 with Brown versus Board of Education through the 60s, right, with the living constitution, making equal protection, due process, and liberty mean what it hadn't previously meant. And we liberals cherish those landmarks of the living constitution. Uh, the six on the court, especially the five true believers, they've always hated the living constitution. Mm -hmm. And uh, they're, now, uh, they're now engaged in finally making that backlash concrete. Not, none of which is a surprise, though, right? I mean, they have been chomping at the bit for years to do this. Yes, this right. is exactly what the conservatives, in all of their and I will say brilliance, yeah. to be honest. Um, they have always played the long game. The liberals, and again, I'm not counting myself among them, but Vin is a card-carrying mm. member, but the, 
But it's true. It's true. The, the, the reality is, is that the conservatives have been playing chess while the Democrats or the liberals play checkers for decades now. They saw the forest for the trees when it came to redistricting. They controlled state legislatures and understood that this is where the rubber would really hit the road. And if they could control this, they have, I know it's a little bit of a departure, but they have redistricted Ohio to the point where the legislature is so radically conservative that it's not even in keeping with the majority. I'm, and of course, I'm channeling the New Yorker article, which some people may or may not have read, but that's where this comes from. Very smart article, if you haven't seen it, Jane Mayer. But they're, they're passing legislation that isn't even near in keeping with the majority of the, of the ideology and the opinions of the voters. And such, we have something similar. You would see abortion alone, when you look at the public polling, the majority of this country, and Kansas, Kansas, for God's sake, yeah. rejected this, this decision. And yet, it stands because the conservatives have been plotting this and putting yes. the pieces in place yep. for years. And then the liberals go, oh my God, how did this happen? How did it happen? You were asleep at the switch. That's how it happened. That's well, they had happened. the votes. They had the votes. But and they didn't have to have the votes. Well, but you know, let's look at that though, right? Because we've got a, a 6-3 supermajority right. of conservatives, right? There's no swing vote anymore. Yes, it's Kavanaugh. Uh, right, maybe, or, maybe, or the chief but judge. That, right? Maybe. When it's six three, you don't need a swing vote. Right. And you look at you know you look at what happened when Obama tried to put on Merrick Garland when there That's was an right. opening, and it That's was right. and it was delayed, delayed, delayed because it was too late supposedly in February. But then uh, there's an opening for Trump to put on Amy Coney Barrett in. Right. September before the election. And so there's two seats, right? Mm -hmm. There's two seats. Instead of it being 6-3 conservative, it could have been 5-4 liberal for one me one reason. They had the Senate. That's right. They had the Senate. They had the votes. were playing hardball. Republicans right. were playing hardball. Yeah, but ball. they've been laying the groundwork for a long time. I love the fact that you said chomping on the bit because I think that's a great... They're no longer chomping at the no, bit. No, they are they just are realizing there. They've what They've been they, chomping yep. at the bit because they have hated those landmarks, which we love. And yes, I think we all love the landmarks. That is, for example, making rights of the accused mm -hmm. from the Bill of Rights applicable to the states, equal protection, protecting more than just white men, right? Also protecting women, which was not intended. What concerns me, and I think this is something that could, should concern everyone, is the um, the failures in reporting that have that the tropes that are repeated or errors are that are repeated and then become part of the public understanding which are false there is no right to an abortion there are no rights that are taken away that gives you a right to abort a, a child a fetus a, well there was a right to to have an abortion under not, roe v wade right. there's, no there's no constitutional right of course right. but and also guess what there's no there's no constitutional right to marriage equality or constitutional right to privacy. It's not mentioned and in the Constitution. It, Education but, but, is but not interracial mentioned. marriage is okay. Just to be clear, that's all right. Is Even that mentioned in the not, Constitution? No, but it's okay it's for not, some reason. I find that interesting. Education is not mentioned in the Constitution. Can I can I clear some confusion up? Because it seems sure. like we're a little confused, and probably because of Liz. She got us down this path. It's always me. First of all, the Constitution is not a catalog of rights. It was never intended to be. The Bill of so Rights is a catalog said, of rights. Another, and we nearly didn't have a Bill of Rights because James Madison and a whole bunch of them were saying, as soon as we start listing some rights, people are going to say, oh, it's not mentioned. Right? 
and chomping at the bit and finally winning, winning the conservatives have won that argument. So now everybody thinks, oh, if it's not mentioned, that's a weakness. No, it is not. Most of our fundamental rights are nowhere mentioned in the Constitution. The right to marry, the right to have children, the right to have sex with your spouse, the right to have a friend, the right to go for a walk. Just about all our fundamental rights are nowhere mentioned in the Constitution. That is a moronic argument that the liberals have allowed the conservatives to take over and win on. Right, because then you would so have appealing. to presume that the founders knew, were, were prescient enough to know things like, we someday we're going to have TikTok, <laughs> or someday we're going to have the internet, or someday we're going to have, they right. So the idea of having a living constitution or a document that allows for interpretation, it has to occur, or you actually can't can't operate as a modern society. What's interesting, though, is that the states becoming, what do they say, the petri dishes of democracy? Is that is that the saying? New York has, but the, New York, New York has played such an interesting role in, for example, the concealed carry permit. That's a, that's a New York. The reason that this whole thing is where it is now is because of us, which is kind of interesting. I mean, the outcome wasn't what we wanted it to be, but the states have played, this is where the, everybody forgets that the battles, you know, and this is where you get on your like high horse soapbox moment. Like people say, oh, why should I vote? My vote doesn't matter. I live in New York. It's a liberal Democrat dominated state. No. Well, first of all, the current governor is only 14 percent uh, percentage points ahead, which is nothing in really in the grand scheme of things. But your vote matters at the state level because who you send to the legislature and who you send to the board and who you send, who you put on the bench in your state trickles up eventually to become a really significant thing at the national level over time. Well, the New York law that was overturned, I mean, doesn't exactly have a beneficent pedigree. No. Right, The Sullivan Law right, was enacted in the early 1900s to make sure that my ancestors, right, the Italian immigrants, right, didn't have guns. That's what it was. And it's been used uh, in more recent years as an excuse to arrest, you know, black men yep. in minority neighborhoods. Right. So, you know, this notion that, you know, well, you can't carry a gun unless you have a license. First of all, let's back up. We have this lie, right, the Heller case, where, you know, the majority of the court speaking through your favorite justice, Antonin Scalia, right? We go way back. We've been hunting, <laughs> yeah, well, actually, me and Scalia. I've accused we, him we hang of that out. plenty of times. He has. But, you know, Scalia says, okay, forget about the entire first clause of the Second Amendment. The Second Amendment, you know, protects an individual's right to bear arms. I mean, that is just a lie. There may be one of those unenumerated right rights of individuals to bear arms but that's not what the second amendment is second amendment is about protecting the states against can't the you not have it both ways man what you're sort of wanting to have it both ways no because i think it can no look liberals forget about it liberals unfortunately or fortunately in the history of this country the framers the founders most americans think that there is a right to have a gun that's just the way it is. But that's not what the Second Amendment is about, right? So that's a lie. But once you construe the Second Amendment as protecting an individual's right to bear arms, you've got a fundamental right, and government better have a darn good reason before it limits that. What did New York do? Well, that's because this is an old, old law, the Sullivan Law. New York says that the individual has got to demonstrate 
why he needs to exercise they. his fundamental right. They need to exercise their. Yeah, they. Yeah. I'm sorry. But, yeah. but here's the question: Why? My why, wife does the same. Why thing can't this? Yeah. Why can't the state require that? So we're hearing in in the Supreme Court and Dobbs says, well, you know what? Let's leave it up to the states. Let the states decide what they want. Now in Bruin, but you really state, don't buy that argument. I don't buy do it at all. Okay. But it seems uh, directly contradictory. Now in Bruin, the state did decide. We have a legislator that said we have this concealed carry rule, and then the Supreme Court says no. Well, no, I, we know better now. I never bought this argument that you know they believe Doesn't in states' rights. Of course they don't, and they don't think things ought to be left up to the states. If states do what they like, oh, states' rights. If states don't do what they like, oh, no states' rights. Uh, whether you have gun control, whether you have campaign finance laws, mm. whether you have affirmative action, please, the, the conservatives don't give a damn about states' rights any more than the liberals do, right? That's just another thing they throw out there, right? Well, it's a hot, it's a it's a hot button. It's a it's a little red meat for the for the more um, academic minded conservative. Well, right. I mean, I mean, most people, well, most average people don't know what states' rights are. If I went out on the street and polled a bunch of folks about states' rights, I hardly think that they would be like, "What the hell are you talking it's about?" It's intellectually that dishonest, it though, is intellectual. because it's, it's totally applied when it's applied when it suits them, and and not applied when it doesn't. Well, sure, but I mean, you know, both liberals and conservatives on the court have done this for a long, long, long time. You know, when the states do something, the liberals like all of a sudden they're all for state sovereignty. I mean, come on, give me a break. But you know. Look, the Dobbs decision is one of the worst decisions to come out of the court. And I'm not talking about the result in the case. I'm talking about the supposed legal analysis. It is totally fraudulent. Samuel Alito is smart enough. He knows it's a fraud. This notion that there is no right of a woman right, to control her body because it's not mentioned in the Constitution. Like I said, that's a total fallacious these, argument. And the other one, the nation's history and tradition, is he kidding? You really want to enshrine the nation's history and tradition? No. Racial segregation? No. Second-class citizenship for women? No. No citizenship rights for LGBTQ persons, that, please. That, don't we then, for, remind me, and I, and I should know this, but I don't, did the court just declined to take up vaccine mandate cases. They did, right? It is. It has gotten a bunch of them. But it's not yet taken any of them up, correct? Oh, it has. It has decided quite a few of them. And has said... And it's gone both ways. Right. So the, it doesn't, again, the logic here really, I fail to understand the logic, which is to say a woman doesn't have the control over her own body, I guess because their argument would be, well, there's another life involved. My my rejoinder to that would be, yes, there's a lot of other lives involved if you don't mandate That's vaccines. Right. And then the sim, sim, well, similar they, public they, health argument. They found in favor of the vaccine mandate before Amy Coney Barrett was on the court. And then later, a nearly identical case came on and they found against it. Right. But then they also found in favor of the vaccine mandate when uh, the uh, Biden administration imposed that on facilities receiving Medicare and Medicaid funding. They invalidated it when the Biden administration 
attempted to impose that on all businesses, private businesses with right. more than 100 employees. So they're all over the place with but that, so then depending to, so, on the facts. So then the broader picture, let's like broaden that out, right? The, the broader picture about oh, the, the it's, it's a fraudulent argument in Dobbs, which you just said, they are um, on both sides of the fence when it comes to vaccine mandates. The question then is, doesn't this all undermine the veracity of the court? If the court, I mean, I guess the court has uh, long, any court, I guess, has long harbored the right to reconsider its precedents and say, okay, this is no longer, you know, thank germane. God. Right, thank God. But then to go, to be waffling around within the same year on the same issue really undermines, I mean, to the degree that anybody has any uh, confidence in the court anymore, which I don't. I think the leak really significantly undermined quite a bit and then subsequently followed by the decision, the abortion decision, but still really undermines like what these people like, are they sane? Are they even talking to each other? Are they reading what they wrote not so terribly long ago and applying it to the next thing that seemingly should find the same result? What's the definition of insanity? Trying the same thing over and over and expecting a different result? Yeah, it's not. I mean, it's not insanity. It's a, a deliberate effort and it's intellectually dishonest, right? So they're saying we have the votes. doesn't matter necessarily how we get there. As long as we uh, have the votes, we can do it. And that's that's what they, they've done, certainly in Dobbs. And the question that I have that you kind of touched on is if this, if this philosophy that's been upheld now by Alito in Dobbs, if this is applied, if it's not mentioned in the Constitution, what else is now at stake? Well, Kavanaugh says nothing. He's going to hold the line. Thank goodness for, for Justice Kavanaugh. Well, Thomas doesn't say that. I know, Thomas, I know, I know what Thomas said. I right? know. But, but that's, be, that's because they realize that the analysis that's used by Alito in his opinion is nonsense. It's not going to apply to these other things. Why not? Who knows why? But if you actually did apply the analysis in the Dobbs majority opinion by Alito, it's not in the text and it's not part of the nation's history and tradition, then of course, contraceptive rights are out. Women's rights are out. Desegregation is out. Uh, interracial marriage, that's out. Right to marry for anybody is out. Just about everything is out. That's why this is this is total and complete nonsense. So the thing is there, the answer is a legislative solution, right? That That's basically the only answer. And we don't have the votes for a legislative solution in terms of those folks who believe in enshrining abortion rights in statute f from a federal standpoint. And we're about to see a really significant, we believe, loss in the House uh, the Republicans look like they're going to take the House. Unclear what's going to happen in the Senate. And what's so what's playing out then at, in the at the political level. So if you think of like the judicial level, supposedly on high is supposed to be above politics. But of course, we know is not. And then subsequently, the, the congressional legislative level and then beneath that, the political level in the third subdermal layer of politics that is occurring is this crazy thing that's playing out where Merrick Garland that you just brought up is like, in, in exacting revenge on Donald Trump, sort of, for, you know, his he's he's getting back or something. I'm not even sure what's happening. No, I I would I would say that I don't think this is an exactment of No, I revenge, know, but that's right? what it's this being read as. You, I understand what it really is, but I think that, that you could look at something and say, isn't that ironic the way that things are playing out now? on that particular political stage. But let me ask you a question. You, you raised the, the legislative 
action portion with respect to Dobbs, right? So the, the court is saying, well, it should be up to the legislators, whether right. it be the state or federal. What if, and, and I wanna ask two questions here. What if Congress decides we're gonna say abortions are illegal right. across the country? And what if a liberal Congress says abortions are permitted? around the country. What would this Supreme Court hold uh, on on both of those? The Supreme Court, I submit, would say, oh, if you're going to make it illegal, that's covered under the Commerce Clause. <laughs> if you're going to make it legal, it's not covered under the Commerce Clause, and it's unconstitutional. I think that this Supreme Court, this Supreme on the same Court. exact issue, would it's determined not completely it's different. It's not going to happen, but it is an interesting because given given the peripatetic nature of the court, which we were discussing just a few minutes ago, and given the fact that the court doesn't seem to hold itself to any particular standard on its own decisions and logic that would therefore be construed from one related case to another, it could very well go in the direction that you're suggesting. The problem is, I don't think there's not going to be the votes for any congressional solution anytime soon. So I don't think there's any danger of that. What there is a danger of are things like laws that criminalize uh, the crossing of state lines seeking an abortion, because we are now, you know, an abortion sanctuary state. And there are all these various different funds and efforts to assist women who might be in states where they can't access abortion right. services, or at least easily access abortion services to come to states like ours and, you know, and receive the health care that they require or desire or need, whatever it be. I mean, in some cases, you can't even even if it's an instance of, of rape, you can't even access abortion services. So, you know, those um, legislative actions, I think, are going to be what's uh, litigated next. I think you bring up a really fascinating topic, and that is how much will this court allow with regard to restrictions mm -hmm. on abortion and restrictions on assisting, right, aiding and abetting abortions? Remember, the court only held that the federal constitution does not protect the right to abortion. The court did not say that states are allowed to do anything with regard to limiting a woman's right over her own body. It didn't say that. Mm. And I think that if you have a state with a law that is far too strict, you're, prob you're gonna get Robert's vote with the liberals and you may also get Kavanaugh's vote and maybe even Amy Coney Barrett's vote. I think you might get those votes. So for example, if Texas or one of these other states, you know, was going to prosecute someone who helped someone cross state lines to get an abortion, I think you're going to get one or two votes well, to join. They are saying that they yeah, will, right? I know they will. And I think you'll get one or two votes on the United States Supreme Court to say, no, you can't do that. That's in violation of the fundamental right to travel, which, by the way, is another one that's not mentioned in the Constitution. All of you who'd like to, <laughs> on your Why summer, you summer because you you're the one that brought this up. It's not enshrined in the Constitution, you know. Yeah, because that's what Ben Franklin said, right? He went to Paris. Okay. Well, yeah, and so was uh, T.J. Both Ben Franklin and T.J. Look, 
Jefferson. I didn't know you were on yeah. such an intimate <laughs> basis. <laughs> no, of, okay. course, of course they were in Paris. Who would, wouldn't rather be in Paris than to be in the summer the in colonies? Philadelphia? Yeah, I agree. Ugh. I agree with you. Yeah. So, Rain us in now. Anyway, Rain so, us in, Miranda. So, Come on now. So, look, so I think we have to remember that all the court said in Dobbs was there is no fundamental right for a woman to get an abortion. It did not say that states or the federal government could put any limits whatsoever on a woman's free choice or travel. It didn't say any such thing, right? And at that point, it is going to have to uh, balance how reasonable how these restrictions are. How long will it take for are. those cases to I don't get think it's going to take too long. I'll bet you're going to see them in two or three years. That's a long, long time for women who are right now under the gun. Just yeah. No. It, Why not sooner? Terrible. I mean, we're seeing we're seeing legislation going into effect already. It has to work its I, way up through right? the through the legal process, through well, the judicial might, process, doesn't it? Well, it does. Not, well, you might actually get some decisions from the non-existent shadow docket, right? Because we've had several justices right. deny that there's such a thing as the shadow docket. Right. But you may get some decisions from the court uh, upon emergency applications to stop the enforcement of some of these unreasonable state laws. I think you might well be seeing that in in certainly much less than two or three years. What are we going to see now? What right is going to be taken away next? What, well, what, what right? The cases, well, are there cases that are pending that are decisions? Oh, you mean LGBTQ rights? You mean interracial? Right? I mean, I mean, there's a, right? You mean contraception? Why can't Obergefell now be overturned? But there's they no case be. that's pending right now on Obergefell. No, no, no. no, no what, but what there are are, there are... Uh, Cases in which you have individuals who don't want to respect same-sex right, marriage, right. right? They don't want to cater bake to them. The they don't want to flower them, bake right. a cake, shine, yeah. whatever the heck it is. So you're going to see those where you have, well, this is my freedom. I don't want to serve same-sex couples. And then you're going to get that. And then you're going to get justices who have to say, wait a minute, are there protections for same-sex couples or not? Right. But guess yeah. what? You look at this court, you look at the, the spring 2022 court, and they said consistently in that court, if there's a case about religion, religion, religion versus LGBT. religion wins. Religion wins well, that's, every religion, time. Mm, that's, to say, I understand, but then what, you would have to make the argument. against my religion to make a cake? for uh, mm. a, a, someone that wants to get married. Well, that's your favorite justice, Neil Gorsuch. I, how many was... favorites can I possibly have? <laughs> I thought Alito and I were buddies. Now There's it's Gorsuch and I. Yeah. It's not, it's <laughs> not the case. Right? It's not the case. Religion wins. The, 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 for Neil the religion Gorsuch, clause is held to a, a higher standard. Well, it depends what you mean by religion. By religious liberty, you simply mean free exercise for traditional Christians, yes. If you mean the separation of church and state, no, mm -hmm. because Gorsuch does not believe in the separation of church and state. Either does Thomas and either does Alito. All those landmarks separating church and state, well, they're basically gone. They've been diluted so much. In fact, as Justice uh, Sonia Sotomayor said, basically it's a constitutional violation now to separate church and state. This court refuses to respect states' 
right, that are trying to keep church and state separate. So what's on the dock? The affirmative action case is on the docket, right? That's right. What else is on the docket that's coming up that is potentially going to further challenge some of these rights that exist that we're speaking of now? Affirmative action isn't actually a right. Well, well, you do have the case pitting freedom of religion, right? Free exercise of religion against LGBTQ rights because you have somebody who does websites or does videos of weddings and absolutely refuses to do so for same-sex same weddings. So, so you, do have, you do have that. You're going to get more gun restriction cases. You know, states like New York, you know, are going to come up with smarter laws than the Sullivan Law. They're going to come up with smarter laws, and those are going to be challenged as well by the uh, extreme gun rights uh, people. Well, New York did, actually. They they held a special session right Right. after the case came down, and they said, okay, we can't regulate who gets the gun. We can regulate where the concealed carry is allowed, and they had a long list where you could... There's, you know, 100 square feet where you're allowed to have a concealed carry. Right, but some of those, some of those restrictions are questionable as well. Isn't there a restriction you can't have open carry anywhere in the Adirondack Park? Isn't that like that because that's a public park? Well, you can't. Right? Uh, I don't want to say this because I'm actually my. I mean, it could be on the list. But I'm assuming it's going to be challenged. And I would, yeah, I, I sure would imagine would. something like that is going to win. I mean, the Adirondack Park is ginormous. Right. It's I think than that any, any other national yeah, park. I, I think that, you know, the le- legislation that controls individual right to bear arms has got to be very particularized. Well, but also, I mean, not to go too far down the rabbit hole here, but the, the Adirondack Park is different from most national parks in so much as it's a working park. Yes, there are communities. Yes, yes. So to say you can't carry in the Adirondack Park, in there the entire are, Adirondack in the park, blue yeah. line are people with houses and guns who sh- hunt and do, you know, right. I mean, they're, that's that's not a realistic. It's not the same as to say, well, in Yosemite, you can't carry. Or you are allowed to carry in your home, of course. Right. right? That's, so that doesn't, that, away. that's going to be, yeah, that'll be challenged. I, I, look, I, I think we did, we did pass, we passed, we passed abortion rights legislation more to, you know, as I mentioned, uh, assist women in making trips if they need to come to New York, right, yep. to receive services yep. that they can't get elsewhere. And then we did pass gun legislation. I'm sure it will be uh, challenged to your point, David. But I also think that it took a number of years, like for this particular case to wend its way through the fine grinding wheels of the legal system. And it's not going to be anytime soon that we see anything overturned as a result. No I'm, I'm not so sure. I think this so. so I think... depressing. I leave these feelings so depressed, man. Really? Yeah. I feel like you should serve drinks <laughs> <laughs> or like have snacks or something. Something like encouraging. Can't you say something encouraging? Say something encouraging, man. I'll say something encouraging. Good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'll see, let me just think about. Let me just think oh, about that Lord. for a minute. It, it's it's just it's just very very. Hey, look, um, the new the new Justice Jackson. I think that's encouraging. That that's a bright light. I don't think that's going to make much of a difference. Zero difference. It's going no, but it sends a message. Broke I think, broke a serious glass ceiling moment. That's sure. That I think important. that the same thing that happened to Sandra Day O'Connor and Anthony <clears throat> Kennedy. Uh, has already happened with uh, the chief justice, mm. pushing him over to the left. And 
I think the same thing is going to happen with Kavanaugh, and I won't be surprised if the same thing doesn't happen with uh, if the same thing does happen with Amy Coney Barrett. Oh, you are so optimistic on that. She is not. There's but no she's indication. smart. There's no There's indication. No indication she, but I will say, well, he, what, what the she's indication smart is, and she's not angry. Of, understood. Well, you don't know that, but she may be just hiding it really well. But, yeah. <laughs> the, but you know, you're right. You're I right. think you're that. Right. I think You're that right. there is a good, that if there is any silver lining, then you do bring up a good point, which is to say that history indicates to us that once individuals get on the court, they have the possibility and the room for evolution. Now, I think it's overly optimistic to, ex to expect that some of these folks who are quite young, I mean, might uh, soften in their old age and you know become more reasonable or less strident. It's possible. History demonstrates to us that you know once you get on there, you no longer feel beholden. But the decisions that we've seen indicate that they very much are continue to be beholden to the grassroots expectations of the conservatives who put them where they are. Right. It's quite to the contrary of 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 them softening. I mean, look was look at Alito and well, and, Thomas and Alito. They're not going to soften. They're, no, they're, they're not going to soften. They're getting uh, more and more hardened as the years as the years go on. But uh, yeah, and and Gorsuch, I just find him to be utterly hopeless. But uh, although he's he, he's sufficiently dim-witted that he may be persuaded to go a different what directions. Takes? What you have to be dim-witted to, to be no, persuaded? No, well, I, you've persuaded I think, me. I think. <laughs> <laughs> but wow, that, no, wow. But you know, Kavanaugh is uh, just in his fifties. Uh, Barrett is fifty. Uh, I th I think there is hope for them. I think there is hope. How old is Jackson? Uh, oh, the new Jackson is fifty-two. Yeah, young, so young. Yeah. And the likelihood well, that well, we don't they, want her to change. No, no, no. The likelihood. I'm just curious. The likelihood that this president gets another bite at, at the judicial appointment apple is nil. Right. No, who's going to retire? Nobody. Nobody's going to. I retire. mean, look, we are all. Who knows? Like it's written somewhere. We all go at a time that we're not predicting, but it doesn't look like anybody's going anywhere at this point. Chief Justice Roberts, he's had enough? You think, oh, come Maybe. on. You give up the Supreme Court? Why, never. He's been sidelined. He's been marginalized. He's been embarrassed and perhaps had like, his has his tail between his legs right now, proverbially speaking, but he ain't going anywhere. Why don't you give up a lifetime appointment on the most powerful bench in the world, ostensibly? No. I think he's, he's just too capable and I think he is too much of an institutionalist to give up. Unless, also, unless there's some problems play, with his he health. he plays the long game, again, there's... Yes, you, you and have he to, does. Him leaving wouldn't change things all that much. No, because either. there would be... No. Right. So I think you have to believe, he is a smart guy, yes. and you have to believe that he plays the long game and he's like, okay, maybe I can work on these people. Maybe things will change. You don't know what's going to happen from yes. one day to the other, right? We Nobody could have predicted, for example, the January 6th riot. Like That was not something that anybody thought was in the cards. Perhaps we should have, be paying closer attention, but that's a different podcast. Well, speaking of which, right, uh, the thought was that Chief Justice Roberts was working to peel off Kavanaugh that's right. on the Dobbs decision, and that's why the decision, the early decision was leaked, and it turned out that the actual decision was very close to the early decision. Well, apparently, and I haven't not, heard anything not about convincing. What, I haven't heard anything about about the leak. What happened to that investigation? Oh, they put somebody in charge of it who had no idea what the okay, hell they look, were doing. <laughs> there are nine justices. They've each because they have so much work. Right? How many? They, they Let me write this. Let me write this. Nine. There's no, nine. I'm sorry, Mr. Math over there. Let's let's make sure that we are paying attention to Mr. Math. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm sorry, nine, nine, which is six nine. plus three, no. which is 10 minus and one. And they each have four. Four times nine. Come on, Liz. What's four times nine? 36. Okay, 36. The chief has got an extra <laughs> yeah, one. I had to think about that for a That's minute. That's 37. So 37 clerks plus nine justices is what? 46 of them? 46 of 46 them. humans. 46 of them, yeah. And they happen to decide about 60 to 65 cases. It's a lot. A so they're not exactly overworked. Oh, come on. No, it's a lot. No respectable lawyer works that little. That's a lot These of cases. These people don't do not. You are work t you are saying that a, the Supreme Court decision is tantamount to the garden variety like decision that's made at the state Supreme Court level. Are you anymore. saying the Supreme Court is not working hard enough? Then no, they're not working hard that's enough. That's what you're saying. They're not working hard enough. They they hardly decide any cases whatsoever. And in fact, throughout their history, they decided a heck of a lot more cases than they do right now. Supreme Court was deciding 135 cases a year, and Scalia said, "Oh, that's too many." I can't even draft my own opinions now. I've got my clerks, uh, you know, writing the first draft, and then I edit them. Oh, Lord. So now they're down to about 60 a year. 135 to 60 is a real big drop. It is a big drop. And before that, they were deciding over 200. Well, maybe we don't have as many significant cases that need to be oh, decided anymore. Yeah, I know. There's so few big issues around. Maybe they should now, do a little less. These we guys, might be yeah, better right. served. We might be all be Maybe better we'll off just if get they down were just, to two or three. We'll be all right. That's why these guys are giving session. speeches. They're writing articles. They're going on trips. Please, these are not hardworking people. Well, I would argue, just to play devil's advocate, that there is a benefit to having them out on the road so the American people can see them. How many people do you think can name all nine justices? You mean like to go and speak to the Federalist Society? Sure. Uh, okay, most people. Normal, everyday people are not members of the Federalist Society, <laughs> and they don't go to those meetings. Are you an everyday person? No. No. I think you're like mm. once a month is probably no. <laughs> <laughs> no. And once a month person. No. 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 That's a wonderful place to cut it off. All right. This has been wonderful to have you both on the Miranda Warnings Roundtable talking about the United States Supreme Court. Thank you both, Liz and Ben. Just a blast. Things. Thank you so much for inviting me. Thank you. Thank you, David. This has been Miranda Warnings, a New York State Bar Association podcast. You have the right to subscribe, rate, and review. 